Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. The right belief of the right truth will lead to right living. The right belief of the right truth will lead to right living. Last week we had an advantage over those whom, to whom Isaiah wrote and prophesied. We have the ability now of looking back, seeing all things through the lens of Christ's death, burial, and resurrection. And so we interpreted last week as we listened to the fact that God came and took that cup of wrath from them and He took it out of their hand. And we saw how in Matthew 26 it ultimately takes it from the cup of judgment from the people of God and He hands the cup that we deserve to drink because of our sin and rebellion and He handed it to who? Hand to Christ, right? To Jesus. He gave it to Christ and Christ drank it on the cross. We read there from Matthew 26, right? And we heard those words of good news, right? Happiness, peace, salvation, your God reigns, right? We heard that anthem. But if we had been there in Isaiah's day, we've been asking this one question, one word. How? Like, how do you get there? Like, how did, how did those, those people end up to a place where they heard peace, happiness, salvation, your God reigns? So we would have, if we were walking through just the words of the prophet Isaiah, we would have had to wait until we came here to about verse 13, where he finally picks up in his fourth servant song. There's five of them throughout the book, and he picks up on his fourth here, and he shares with us again, who is this servant that he's been talking about that's going to ultimately come and bear the sin of the people? Now listen, some things as we hear, right, are just, they're easy to believe, right? Some things are easy to believe, like peanut butter goes with what? Jelly, right? Biscuits go with what? Gravy. Most people like their coffee what? Hot? Yes, yeah, some, I don't know. It's kind of despairing there. All right, maybe we'll try to get a little easier. So, um, cookies go with what? Most of these are food, so you just know what I was thinking during the week, right? Um, I wrote this one. Kentucky is better than Louisville, right? Louisville's better than... Okay, got a few of you, right? Okay, so anyway... Listen, some things are just easy to believe, right? You're pretty convinced about some things. They just fit together. They go together, right? Those things, they should work. But some things aren't as easy to believe. Like some of you still aren't convinced today that Elvis is actually dead, right? Like some of you are still, I saw a hand go up in the balcony, right? Can I get a witness, right? I mean, some things are just not easy to believe. Like Easy Mac isn't always easy, right? You can ask one of my college roommates who totally messed that up. Easy Mac isn't always easy. Some things are not easy to believe. Yesterday, as I was sitting there working through this sermon, just kind of practicing through it, I was posed a question by a four-year-old. Dad, how old is God? And I was sitting there thinking, well, how do I answer this? And he's like, is he 100 or is he 35? And I was like, eh? Some things are hard to explain, right? It's just not easy to believe that God's always existed. That's just not easy to believe. But, I mean, listen, there's, if we're drilling down deep today, there's some things that are really hard to believe. Children get sick and die. That's not easy to believe. It's not easy to believe that your parents or your grandparents could get old and forget who you are. Right? Some things are just not easy to believe, not easy to accept. And that's where we come to today. 
This servant that Isaiah presents before us, he's, it's not easy to believe on this, right? Believing on Christ is not easy. You live in that culture that's, that's stepping away, right? For some of you, you grew up in a culture where it seemed easy to believe on Jesus. Like it was expected. That was just part of who you were and what you did. But look around. The demographics in this culture in which you live are fast, quickly changing. They're quickly changing. So when we come today to Isaiah 53 and Isaiah 52 into, into 53, we're going to realize that some things are just not easy to believe. Why is that? Listen to the prophet. Beginning in verse 1 of Isaiah 53, he asks this question. Who has believed what he has heard from us? So there's a question, right? He's going to try to answer for you. Who has believed this message that they've heard from us? That there's a God who would take the cup of wrath from his people, what they deserve, and he's going to hand it to another. And you're wondering, who is this, Isaiah? Who is this? And he's going to say, listen, who you are to believe upon. And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? It's not easy to believe, listen, first, because of his family. Look what he says here. He starts with verse 2, 4, right? He's going to tell you why, right? He's going to try to help us answer what we are to believe upon and answering for us why it's not easy to believe upon who this servant is. It says, four, he grew up like, he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. This root out of dry ground indicates that he comes from his, it talks about his family tree, his human origin, right? And we would stand there in Matthew 13 and we hear Jesus teaching these parables and about all of these different things that are going on. At the end of his teaching there in Matthew 13, about verse 55, they ask this question. Is this not Joseph's boy, the carpenter's son? Is his mom not Mary? Do we not know his brothers James and John? Is that not his sisters among us? Right? I mean, there starts to be some questions about who this one is. Why? Because he's like a root out of dry ground. Like nobody expects. You, it, we know his family. It's surely, right? It's just not easy to believe because of his family. Secondly, it's not easy to believe because of where he's from. Look what it says here. He had no form or majesty. Look at that. He has no majesty. There's no kingly line that seemingly he's born into, right? He comes from the cornbread, not the spoon-fed. I mean, like, it's not who you expect, right? I mean, he's just, he's just born to, like, seemingly natural pet people that according to what they do, the tradition, right, of what they require, the sacrifice, they bring the two pigeons. He's born to a poor family. Like, that's not the king. Like, if you're expecting God to send his son, he's not sending one with no majesty outwardly. It's not easy to believe as you look outward, right? I mean, we would hear Philip, Philip, who's heard from Andrew that there is the Messiah coming, the Christ. And Andrew found Peter and Andrew went and found Philip. And Philip now hears that there is a Messiah in John chapter one. And he runs to tell a man by the name of Nathaniel. He says, listen, come hear this one. Could it be the one who the law and the prophets have testified? Is this the one that Isaiah was speaking about? It's his name. And then he says his name. Jesus of what? Nazareth. And Nathaniel responds in John 1 by saying this. Nazareth? Can anything good come from Nazareth? A while back, Emily and I were in a large city and we ran into some folks. And uh, my boys were talking. And um, one of them responded with just a simple statement. Is that how they talk down there in Green County? Is that how they teach them? And I'm going to tell you, a red streak went up my back. And I'll remind you about the power of God because he kept my mouth shut. And I thought, man, give it a few years. Josiah's not near the wimp I am. Um, <clears throat> and I thought in that moment, 
I want our kids to know in this place that it may handicap you to outsiders because of where you come from. They may have presuppositions about us. But I, I want us, listen, beloved, I want you, beloved, yeah, listen, the, the young people today, I want you to study hard. I want you to prepare well. Let's go out and perform with excellence. Let's do our very best. Listen, they may think about because where you come from, right, the county seat that you're in, or, or you live from Kentucky, right? I mean, they even wear shoes there, and you're from like a small city. You've got three stoplights. I mean, people are like, I mean, listen, they're going to talk about you. Where are you from? It may blackball you to certain places, certain people. They already got hands out against you because you're not going to be good and qualified enough. That's the same way with the Savior. He's got no majesty. But not only does he have no family or seemingly that they would give the thumbs up to, he has no seemingly um, form there. He's going to come to this fact of no form. Right, listen to this. He had no form. Or majesty that we should look at him. And no beauty that we should desire him. Right? It's, it's, it's the fact here, this, this word form and beauty is the same word that's used of Leah in Genesis chapter 29 and 17. And it talks about how Leah is beautiful, but Rachel is, is her eyes are weak. Or we might say in our vernacular today, she has a good personality. Right? You, you've heard that saying? Right? They're trying to say something. Right. And Leah is used to that. And so listen, the text says that Jesus has no form or or no beauty. Right. It's saying that likely Jesus isn't making Cosmos 100. Right. I mean, when they looked for King Saul, they saw that Saul was a head taller than everyone else as king. Right. I mean, they just recognized outwardly. But they're saying, listen, if you look at this man outwardly, you're going to miss something. If you just look at the outward appearance, because who he is outwardly may not seem impressive. And it wouldn't be easy to believe upon that one. Right. I mean, so listen, some of you today, as you you hear this, right, I mean, his resume doesn't stand out. Jesus is not seemingly making the who's who. I want to caution you today. And trying to have the perfect family, like trying to present that, whether it's in social media or to your friends or to your Sunday school class, right, that everything's always perfect. Be careful in getting trapped in that, that race of watching everybody else. My assumption is, for the most part, I don't have social media, but I'm assuming that most people aren't posting the worst thing about their family on social media. It's always the best. Be careful in chasing that. Some of you listen, you, you, can't, get away, you can't wait to get out of Greensburg, KY, and associate with some better people. Be careful. It's the Savior that comes from little places like Greensburg, KY. Others of you, listen, your ID is wrapped up so much in outward appearance. How you look and you spend days and hours a day trying to get ready. Here's one that has no form or no beauty, and yet he's the very one that God delights in. Beloved, listen, stop chasing all the wrong things. Right? That old country western song, keep coming back to it. You're looking for love, what? In all the wrong places. But this one, listen, it's not easy to believe. Right? I mean, because listen, if we were picking, if the people of that day were picking, then he would have born in Caesar's household. He would have been born in Rome. Right? And he would have been at the top of Cosmo's list. That's how we would have designed him. That's how, listen, that's how most of us would have looked for him. But that doesn't mean he's not the most important in God's kingdom. And so listen, because Jesus doesn't fit what they expect, watch what happens to him. And see if it sounds familiar for your own life. Verse 3 of Isaiah 53. He was what? Despised and what? 
rejected by men. He's a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Wow. You say, Blake, how did they get to that place? Think about it. How easy is it to embrace a man who says, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you? I mean, how is it easy to embrace one who his own humility makes our striving after being noticed and being at the front of the line seem selfish and self-centered? Like, it's just, like, it's hard. Like, when you see who Jesus is and see who you are, you the tendency is you don't want that. Like, you just despise that. You want to reject that because he is opposite of who we are. His despising of the things and the delicacies of this world cause our desperation for money and things. Look, it looks foolish. So in response to who He is and because of who we are, we often want to despise and reject Him. And that's exactly what the prophet said. And that's why it's not easy to believe. Because He's opposite of us. And because by coming to Him, you're going to have to start to acknowledge that you've got some messed up stuff, that your heart's not right, your motives aren't right. And so by coming to Him, you see what you should be and what you're not. And the tendency is, is to run from Him, Jesus says, because men will not come into the light for fear that their evil deeds will be what? Exposed, John chapter 3. He says, because men love the darkness more than the light. Why? Because when we see Him, He is not like us and we begin to despise and reject. And that's why He becomes this man of sorrows, acquainted with grief, one from whom men hide their faces. He was despised and we esteemed Him not. That's not an easy Savior to believe on. Because He shows you how much you and I fall short of the glory of God. But here's what is easy to believe. Verse 4 shares with us what is easy. That Those things may not be easy to believe, but this is what is easy to believe. Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows yet. Listen to what He says here. We esteemed Him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. The New English translation renders it. We thought He was being punished, attacked by God, and afflicted. Right, I mean, the word stricken there is the same word that's used indicating intense labor or pain. It's used in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11 to speak of the Israelite people in Egyptian bondage and slavery there. They were in, they were stricken. They were just under the oppression. Right, Job chapter 2, verse 11 uses this same word to speak of Job of how he felt when all of his children died in a single day. He was stricken. That is this Savior, right? He is stricken. But not only is he stricken, he is smitten by God. Literally, he's been attacked by God. This is the word that's used in Acts 16 and 23 of Paul and Silas when they have been out proclaiming the word of God and the people get so angry, they begin to stone them to death and beat them. They're attacked. And so we believe it is with Jesus that he is attacked by God. Right? Because after all, how could God allow this to happen to his own son? He was afflicted, right? I mean, we might say to him, listen, you reap what you sow. You get what's coming to you. You know the lingo because of who he is. That's what people in, what's the people in Jesus' day believe. 
that this can't surely be the Savior. How could a Savior, how could God die on a cross? The cross is the place, according to Deuteronomy, that it is cursed as anyone who's hung on the tree. So if he's on the tree, that means God has cursed him. So this is what is easy to believe. Most of the world has views about Jesus. The Buddhists believe that he is a wise or enlightened man who taught similar things to Buddha. The Hindus believe that maybe he was a wise man or one of their many gods, possibly. Islam recognized him as a prophet sent by God, but he was superseded by the prophet Muhammad. The Jehovah Witnesses believe that Jesus was created, and prior to his creation, he was the archangel Michael. The Mormons believe that Jesus is the result of God and his wife in heaven coming together and procreating, and that Jesus plus something is what you need for salvation. The gentleman that I talked to just a couple weeks back, we were just dialoguing about some things and I began to ask him about his spiritual life. How's your soul? He began to share with me that although he wasn't in church very regularly, occasionally, that he was good with God. And I said, well, how are you good with God, my brother? And he says, well, because I'm a good person. I said, what do you mean by good? He's like, man, there's lots of bad people around everywhere. I see them. They do bad things. They say bad things. They're not nice to people. I'm a lot better than them. And so the question, right, I mean, you have to ask in that moment, and maybe you're here and you're dealing with that. The question is, is how good is good enough? And so I just asked him, I was like, okay, I I follow you. Let's just maybe just for a moment. I was like, so are you saying that you're going to be measured against like Osama bin Laden? I mean, like you, you probably feel pretty good, but like what if you're measured up against Billy Graham or Mother Teresa? And he's like, I don't know who I'm going to be measured against. And he's like, I just feel like I'm going to be pretty good. And I know I'm better than most others. And I was like, the truth is you're measured against Christ. And he and I disagreed and dialogued. And, and I wish I'd asked this question, right? Do you ever have moments when you witness, you wish you had done better? Like, gosh, why didn't I say this or that? So if I could go back and maybe you have those some of those dialogues with people or maybe some of your own dialogues. This is a question I think I, I would love to have gone back with. And I'm like, man, God, I wish I would have just, because I, I don't even see that man. He lives distance from here right i mean the chances that we run in together i i don't know god willing i wish i would ask this question if you're trying to be good enough just good works will get you in then why did jesus die like like why didn't i ask that question right like if if good people get into heaven then why did jesus have to come and die because surely you could just be good enough The cross screams to us that we're not good enough. And because of that, we don't want to believe it. Because we think we're good enough as we are. Just like that gentleman the other day. So we've heard today why it's not easy to believe. We've heard what is easy to believe. It's easy to despise and reject him and recognize him as stricken, smitten, and afflicted. But we need to finish today by asking a very important question. It's this. What is right to believe? Right? What what is right to believe? We need to answer that today because, again, we're trying to answer or prove this point. Right belief of the right truth leads to right living. Say it with me. The right belief of the right truth leads to right living. That's what we're after today. And so we need to answer this in closing. What is the right? What is right to believe? Listen, if you would. Beginning verse 4. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced. Here's why. For what? Our transgressions. 
He was crushed. Why was he crushed? For our what? Iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And with his wounds, we are healed. Right? I mean, what you see here in the midst of all these hours, us and we's, is the simple thing the Bible teaches continually. It's this idea of substitution. Right? Like your teacher gets sick and you have a sub, right? Or something happens in the game, like you're not playing well, or you get into foul trouble, or whatever it may be, right? And, and the coach puts in a sub. This is the ultimate sub. This is the one that's coming to sub in for people that have done wrong as if he done wrong, as if he did wrong. He's coming, right, to die in our place. He's coming, as, as Isaiah says here, to take on our sin, sickness, and sorrow. This is what is right to believe. Listen, you've got to get this right truth if you're going to live right. So look what he says. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Watch this. this Isaiah begins to lay it out. The word bore means to lift up off of someone. Carried indicates putting it upon your shoulder, right? That you are taking up off of someone else what they cannot bring up off of themselves. You are taking the load that they no longer can carry and putting it upon your shoulder. Listen to this one, beloved. Listen. Right? In the midst of our Sunday shuffle, let us slow down for a moment. Let's have just a moment of the pause in our pace. Let's maximize the minutes here just for a moment. Because I need to ask this question to my own soul this morning. Blake Jesse, what grieves you and what sorrows you? Ask it to your own soul this morning. Come on. Just in the midst of your Sunday shuffle, just slow down just for a moment. What grieves you this morning? What sorrows do you carry this morning? The text says that there has come one, the servant son of God, who has come to carry that sorrow for you, to bear up your burdens and take them to the cross. You and I are not strong enough to carry this grief, this sorrow, this heartache, these failures, this shame, this I wish relationship, I mean, on and on. You could fill in the blank for you, but you have griefs and sorrows. I have griefs and sorrows right now that I'm carrying. And the cross screams, the Christ screams to me and to you. There is a God who's come to carry that so you don't have to. Hallelujah, what a merciful Savior. Believe that, beloved. Believe, that's right belief. That's the right truth, so believe that, and we're going to hear in a moment just about how right, we can live that right. Look further what the prophet says. Verse 5, but he was pierced for our what? For our transgressions. Instead of avenging our transgressions, he is pierced as if he himself committed them. Look further what it says here. He was crushed for what? Our iniquities. He's crushed for our sins, right? I mean, we deserve to be crushed under the mighty hand of God. We deserve that cup of God's wrath. And yet He is crushed in our place. He's pierced in our place. Now the beautiful thing is, again, as we hear this hour, 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 us, we, unfolding in verses 4 and 5, it's a reminder this isn't only to the Jewish people. 
Verse 15 makes it clear that He will sprinkle many nations clean. Revelation 5, and we kind of heard it there earlier when it flashed on the screen in the moment as we were in like an interlude of singing. It kind of threw some scriptures and it talked about how we cried out, Our God reigns. There's this hope for all nations, all people. But listen, that may mean that you or your children or your grandchildren have to go. I read early, or maybe late last night, I guess I was reading, do you know that in North Korea, there is but any mention of the name of Jesus? Like, it's basically gone. If anyone is to follow Christ in North Korea, they not only kill you, they will kill your family. There's a man who escaped from North Korea into South Korea, and he's been trying to help others. And he said, of all the hundreds of people he had met, 50 and under, not one of them had heard the name of Jesus. Not one! Let's just pray for a minute. Father, I pray. God, I pray, I, I pray scared because I know it could be my own children, Lord. So I want to pray in trepidation right now. But I know that there are people in North Korea right now, God, who desperately need to hear the gospel. It's the same as my sons and daughters do. So, God, I pray in this place, in this moment, that you would stir a fire whether it's for the people in this congregation, whether it's for their children, for their grandchildren one day, those maybe who haven't even come into being yet, God, that you would use, you would, by the power of your Spirit, you would birth in some to say, listen, I know I would love to stay here, but the call of God is calling me to go to people that have never even heard the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that you would do that work. Can these dry bones live? Oh, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Raise them up and send them. I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. I can't imagine living somewhere where people don't even hear the name of Jesus. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace. And by his wounds, we are healed. The chastisement, the flogging, the beatings that Christ took. This was to restore you to God. This was to bring you to peace with God. Right? I mean, His being wounded there upon the cross, right, is ultimately that you can be healed spiritually. But listen, His spiritual healing also brings about a physical healing. As we see Him raised from the dead on Sunday morning, as He comes forth triumphant over that grave, listen, there's a forever heal physically for those who are in Christ. No more hurting backs. No more poor eyesight. No more struggling with your hearing. No more diabetes or blood disorders. No more cold stomach bugs or the shingles. All of these things are a result in so much more of the sin and the curse. But this Christ, by His wounds, listen, we are forever healed. We are forever healed. That is a wonderful Savior. Believe that truth. That is right belief and the right truth. So listen, how does this transform our living? Just a couple things as we close here. Listen again, that He carried our sorrows and bore our griefs. Some of you today, listen, it's time to trust Him. As Peter says, cast all your anxieties on Him because He what? He cares for you. Come on today. Come on. Stop. Stop already smiling and acting like everything's okay. It's not always candy corn and rainbows and unicorns. and It's not always perfect. Stop. Let's quit faking it. The reason why we're here is because we recognize we're broken and desperate people. 
Quit. Here's one that can bear your griefs and carry your sorrows. It is Christ. Come to Him this morning. Trust Him. For the singles here today, as you think, some of you listen, you know that God may one day call you to be married. Be careful just looking at family. Be careful if you just start looking at just where they're from. Be careful if all you're looking at is what they look like on the outside. The people are doing that and they miss the Messiah. Right? Look inwardly at the heart. So I tell my boys, listen, man, don't look just for a sweet honey by what she looks like on the outside. Look for a young lady that loves Christ. Not just simply just goes to church some. Look for one who loves Christ, who loves people, who cares for the poor. Look for the heart. Singles, listen, be careful and guarded about looking for all the outward stuff. Look inward. I don't know if that's God saying amen, but anyway, let it be, Lord, let it be. That's right. Even Bobby D can't do that. Love you, Dirt. As a church, listen, beloved, we can't look outward. We cannot clean fish before we catch them. Come on. We cannot clean fish before we catch them. We must go to the poor of Green County. And if they come in, let's welcome them just the same as you'd welcome a brother in a suit. That's it, baby. I hear you. You with me? Come on, beloved. Let's not look outward. Listen. For some of you, listen. Let folks know. And maybe you need to be reminded today, there's healing in the name of Jesus. You need to let people know that are struggling in the chemo and the radiation. Those that are struggling, their eyesight's not getting better. Their back's not getting better. The diabetes aren't going away. The high blood pressure's not, right? I mean, they're still experiencing these things. You let them know there's hope beyond this life. And it's because His wounds have healed us once and for all, forever. Let them know that suffering is not forever because of Christ. If they will look to Him, go share that today. I know you know somebody that's suffering. Share this, Isaiah 53, 4 and 5. Fifth and last, don't ever forget that He paid it all. Some of you, listen, I get in the trap too, man. We try to repay it. Like as if you're going to church enough or giving enough or being in Sunday school enough or going on enough missions or doing this or this or that or that or that. Somehow it's going to like atone for what you've done. No, His wounds have healed you. He was pierced for your transgressions. He was crushed for your iniquities and and transgressions. Listen, there is only hope for peace with God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Today, stop trying to be good enough on your own. Let His righteousness be yours. Let His wounds heal you. And then serve because you're free. Worship because you're free, not because you're trying to somehow make yourself good enough in God's sight. He accepts you only on the basis of this servant. And that's not easy to believe. But that's the right truth. And if you have the right belief of the right truth, it will lead to right living. Come today to Christ. Let Him bear your sorrows and griefs. Let Him bear ultimately your sin. Experience peace with God. Would you pray with me? Father, in the mighty name of Christ, I pray that You would speak. And I pray, God, that You would just move the hearts of people here today. 
I do again, God, as you prick my heart even now, Lord God, I, I think about them in North Korea. I don't know what it is. I don't know how you'll answer this, God, but I pray that you'll raise them up. I pray you'll raise them up, God. They're made in your image. They deserve to hear about the gospel just as much as any of us do. Send forth the light, the blessed gospel light. I pray it will shine from shore to shore. In the name of Christ, I pray, amen. This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.